Welcome to the Resound Worship Songwriting Podcast, episode 16. This is an interview special, but before we dive straight in, let's just remember where we're at. It's halfway through June. Holy Spirit songs are the 12 song challenge, and it's less than two weeks till the Worship Songwriting Retreat. The very exciting news I can bring you is that we're going to record the next episode of the podcast live at the Worship Songwriting Retreat. And unfortunately, Sam is stranded in Sweden. So he was supposed to be joining us, but due to um, issues with freight shipping um, that are far too complicated to go into. He's unable to come. However, we have instead secured the services of Geraldine Luce, otherwise known as Geraldine Latty. So we're absolutely thrilled to have Geraldine coming. She'll take part in the podcast next time. Uh, she'll be one of the leaders on the retreat. And we'll tell you all about it next time you visit our podcast. Until then, let's tune in and listen to Sam meeting Nigel Hemming, writer of that classic kids song, Great Big God, and Damien Herbert from Big Ministries. We've been asked by listeners of the podcast to look at songs for children and all ages. So I'm really thrilled to have two guys here with really great experience of writing and leading uh, worship songs for both children and also for all age settings. We've got Nigel Hemming and Damien Herbert. Hello, fellas. Hi, Sam. Hello. Hi. Hello. How are you? I can't uh, speak for Nigel, I'm fine, but I'm thanks. great. Thanks. <laughs> you're gonna to have to try and not talk over each other okay i'm gonna ask direct questions now um nigel uh, most Hello. people will will probably know you from the song great big god which i think it's impossible to ignore if you've been in certainly the church in the uk in the last 20 years or so mm-hmm. um and also maybe the great big god series of albums for vineyard music you got up to number five is that yeah. right yeah, we did number five about a year and a half, two years ago, and then um, we've just released a, like a, a box set. So it's uh-huh. like f- fifty yeah. songs. It, it, believe it or not, we we worked out that it was fifteen years since we'd released the first one, That's and we amazing. thought that that was something to celebrate. So we put like a fifty-song compilation together and, and um, released that. We had eighty-six songs altogether to choose from from all of the different albums that we'd released. Um, cool. So yeah, it's been amazing. It's been an amazing journey over the past. Oh yeah. Well, I'm sure people years. would like to know a little bit about how you kind of got into that journey and and then also what you're doing what you're doing right now. Okay. Um well, I uh I was living in Birmingham uh, basically since uh, oh, I don't know. How, my wife would tell me I talk too much. Uh basically <laughs> I worked as a musician and then I worked as a primary school teacher um and all of that time I was going along to my local church which was uh, at the Vineyard Church in Birmingham. And uh, I did various roles there and eventually became a children's worship leader there, a children's pastor as well. Um, and we were, so we were, le- I was leading worship with maybe 20 kids, 25 kids some, some weeks, uh, just in a classroom in a school uh, in Birmingham. And uh, I was just, to be honest, I didn't really know many children's songs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there, well, there weren't many decent children's songs anyway. And uh, I sort of had a go at writing uh, grown-up songs, found it quite tricky, found it very hard not to write cheesy words. So um, I don't know, I just I just kind of fell into it. It just it just kind of happened. I started to write songs for the kids 
um, because, I mean, I remember specifically one day I wrote a song called Man Looks on the Outside because we were teaching mm. these children the story of, uh, you know, um, the calling of David and all of that from the Bible. And so I just kind of came up with this idea for a silly song and it, and it just kind of went from there, really. Um, I realized that I was go- uh, that, that was onto something uh, and I started to just try the songs out in my church. I was a I was a grown-ups worship leader and I was a children's worship leader separately, which is... Mm kind of how I ended up doing all age worship as well. We'll probably come on to that later. But yeah. um, but basically I was just, I was leading worship sort of two, maybe sometimes three Sundays a month for my, for the kids in my church and I just started to write. Um, at the same time as that, I was um, involved in some of the grown-ups vineyard recordings, uh, which a guy called Brian Dirksen was doing. Yeah. Um, and so I was involved as a musician um, and on the production side. And I kind of had this, idea after a little while and I kept saying to Vineyard Records you know what I think there'd be a market for um for a children's CD there aren't many decent ones around because you were um you were playing on Come Now's a Time yeah Hungry yeah which if you're a certain vintage I mean maybe some <laughs> younger folks won't know these albums quite so well but if you're in my vintage they were absolutely just something about them you know loads of worship albums made but mm. There's something about those albums that was it kind of felt organic. Mm. It was and... incre- it was an incredible time. Uh, we were the, the vineyard movement in the UK was was growing, and um, but we kind of worship wise we were we were we were at the point where we were sort of we used to get all the worship stuff from California, yeah. and, and we were sort of becoming feeling less. And, I mean, we never had anything against them, but we just felt like less and <laughs> less and less. It felt like us and who we were. At the yeah. same time, I mean, this is the like we're talking the mid '90s now. This is the yeah. sort of rise of Soul Survivor, Matt Redman, Delirious, all, all of that. And we were listening to all their stuff and going, "Wow, this is this feels a lot more like us." Who yeah. are we? And then yeah, yeah. into that mix came Brian Dirksen, who was this Canadian worship leader. Obviously, he's this he's an incredible songwriter. He's written stuff like Faithful One and Refiner's Fire and yeah, yeah. and Come Now Is the Time, which he wrote while he was in London. He basically came to the UK and spent part of his time. Um, just developing and releasing UK worship leaders. He he would he would sort of talk about what is the sound of the UK vineyard, um, oh. and he would gather worship people together uh, to get involved. And, and basically, what came out of that was firstly "Come Now Is the Time," and then following on pretty quickly a year later, "Hungry." It was just an amazing time because some of the people that he mentored through all those times mm. um, have gone on to do incredible things. Like um, Catherine Scott uh, was in the mix with that. Brenton Brown, uh, Nigel Briggs, who's at Trent Vineyard. There's a whole bunch of people. Um, yeah, we've had um, Matt uh, Weeks, who yeah. was playing on that. He's, yeah. he's been interviewed on the podcast. Yeah, I remember. I mean, I, had to, I remember I had to call. I had this job because the second album was hungry and I he said he asked me to be the assistant producer and I didn't know what that meant I, I didn't have any experience at all I think it meant I thought it meant probably going yes Brian and, um, <laughs> and he asked me to to find a bass player for yeah. the second album and he basically said um, I want you to listen to this Matt Redman album and call these two bass players and figure out which tracks each have been played on <laughs> so so genuinely I had to call Matt Weeks and um, this other guy whose name I've forgotten probably the one, who didn't, the one who didn't get the, the gig I'd say, so just tell me, uh, I know you played on such and such an album, which tracks do you play on? And Weeksy says, I played on one and four and seven. So we get, we went back and we listened to the album and we went, 
Yeah, we like him. We're going to ask him <laughs> to play. So uh, basically, I got Matt Weeks the gig playing on Hungry, and uh, you know, I'd like to say that was the, the launch of his career, but you know, I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was an, it was just an incredible time. The songs that came out amazing. Hungry, the reception to Hungry as an album was phenomenal. I mean, it, somebody yeah. told me at the time it was the biggest ever selling worship album. I, I don't know if that's true because I don't really pay attention to this sort of stuff, but but yeah. I know it was really it was certainly an amazing time, and it was very formative for me, massively so. And the kid stuff came out of that really. I uh, off the back of all that, I said, "Do you know what? There'd be a there'd be a, a market for a children's album. I think uh, I, th- I think it would go down all right. I, th- I, th- I think if we put the same production budgets and production values into making an album for children as we have for making an album for grown-ups, I think that would be a successful thing." And after a bit of badgering and uh, another another worship leader from London called Brian Dwayne also badgering. Eventually, Vineyard Records said, yeah, okay, we'll give it a try. And that's kind of how Great Be God took off. That's fascinating, isn't it? Because I think that's often the weakness of a lot of... I mean, we're not here to slag off, um, you know, things that don't go so well. But I think some of the weakness of some of the material that gets put out for kids is that they don't put the same budget behind it in perhaps the production or um, people just don't value it so highly. And so you end up with something that sounds really poor. It's very tricky. I I, I mean, we, we started and... I didn't really know anything about the field, the genre of children's worship, other than the Ishmael CDs that I'd listened yeah. to. In fact, they were cassettes that I'd listened to when I was a kid. And I picked up a couple of his songs. In fact, I'd been to a couple of his conferences for training purposes. And I think he's an amazing visionary man. But yeah. I just, and, and some of his songs are great, but I'd never really got on with the whole make an album in two days. And, right, you, yeah. you know, because I just thought. What I noticed is that when you put an album on, a kid's album on in the car, I mean, we used to have the tweenies on in our car when my kids were little. Yeah. And when you put a kid's album on in the car, if the production's okay, it stays on. And if the production's not, it doesn't. Yeah. You know, however much the kids like it, for, for me, it was like, well, if they're singing out of tune, no. What's, yeah. the, what, what's the point, you know? Cool. Now, this leads very nicely into talking to Damien. Hey. Uh, who haven't really brought into the conversation yet. But, uh, yeah, Damien, come on. Damien, talk, you're, the stuff that you are involved with, you guys are involved with Big Ministries. Yeah, that's right. And um, I know that Big Ministries have put out two sort of full studio albums and uh, that those are albums that I know our kids absolutely love, but also we as adults absolutely love as well. So Nigel's comment about, you know, if, if it sounds rubbish, pretty quickly the adults are going to turn it off. Um, it's just totally not true for for your albums. It's you know they sound brilliant. Um, they have a kind of a Pixar quality, I think, to them. Where you know when you watch a Pixar film and the adults are getting it on an, on one level and the kids are maybe getting it on another level, and then there's that kind of shared experience. Um, so I'm just bigging you up, Damien. Thanks, that's first. very kind, Sam. And then we I'm going to ask that. you, uh, what is Big Ministries and what do you do with Big Ministries? Okay, uh, so Big Ministries. Uh, is an organisation that's now part of Youth for Christ, British Youth for Christ, um, and they take care of the children's work of British Youth for Christ. Um, it was set up by Joe Squires um, probably over 12 years ago or something like that now, yeah. um, with the express purpose to um, to help children get to know the God who loves them. And out of that um, has developed a lot of all-age stuff as well. And so... Um, Generally, it's an itinerant thing, but we um, we believe in local church, and so our aims are to resource local church uh, with events and with high quality resources. Hence the albums. 
of which there are actually three now, Sam. Uh, we did put out yeah. a kind of all-age thing as well, all-in thing. Yes, all-in thing. Well, I, I want to ask you about that. Um, I just know that that's not so, so much of an original album, is it? It's got a lot of material that was out before. Yes, which is um, the aim of it, I think, really. Exactly. Um, but um, I know I'm, I'm really interested because um, I know that talking to Joe uh, from Big Ministries that you guys would make a distinction between all age and children's uh, worship, all age songs, children's songs. So um, could you just let us kind of into the secret of what some of the differences are um, when you're either, I guess, firstly planning an event that is you've decided this is all age or this is specifically for children or, you know, writing a song as well. Sure. Um, I guess the kind of things that we're thinking about are things like language um, and um, generally kind of the feel of a song. So Nigel's mentioned some, some songs that, that perhaps sound, sound like they have less of a high production value um, and probably more kin to, to nursery rhymes. And so for, for adults, they seem quite kiddie. And as, as Nigel said, you know, the, the adults turn them off. Um, so you've got that side of things. You've also got um, things like some kids' songs work great with kids because they use language that the kids are using, but it might not be language that um, the other dimension of the church use other um, ages, and therefore it becomes uh, an exclusive thing. So yeah. I think about words like wicked, which uh, for a period of time were words that were used to express good things uh, <laughs> yeah. for uh, for children. And you think kind of back again in vintage times, um, it was it was very much a bad word, and and yeah. those two uh, two factions meet in in an all age context, um, and so in using a, a song which uses wicked as a good thing, it may be alienating for those who yeah. uh, for whom it's not a good thing. Uh, so it's it's those sort of things to think about. It's things like uh, is the language inclusive really? Some songs will say everybody jump, everybody dance. Um, yeah. While it's true to say that not every child necessarily would be able to do it, it's probably more acceptable in that context than it would be yeah. in in a room full of Zimmer frames, let's say. Um, so, so how would you go about writing? I mean, firstly, a song for for children specifically. What are some of the things that you do, Damo, when you when you start to write? A, I think this is specifically for kids. What are some of the things that are on your mind? I uh, I think a lot about the music side of things. I think about uh, what are kids listening to at the moment. I tend to to reference uh, now albums. They they have uh-huh. a good mix of of current songs and the kind of things that children are listening to. And so I'll listen to that and I'll decide I really like that and I really like the way that kids are engaging with it. And I'll try and unpack that and figure out what it is about that song in particular that um that connects with people which engages children and try and unpack it and then use those things to to create a song on that i guess um i think about what a child might be going through might uh, uh, the way in which a child might understand the world might understand god might understand the church and and try and tap into the things like that. I wrote a song called "You Need Not Fear," and um, the first line is, "When 
uh, when it's dark and you're scared of your own imagination um that yeah. kind of thing that's uh when you're sleeping with the lights on yeah it's it's those that's kind a great of, line that's a really good line to be honest that's a really great line if, if i'm conf- <laughs> <laughs> if i if i'm being totally honest there is a busted song that i listened to which <laughs> which had the line sleeping with the lights on and i thought that's a perfect line for for a kid's song so that's another thing you, you reappropriate you could just it, nick <laughs> nick lines from other songs um <laughs> that's fine um Resound worship does not condone this song. When you're lost and afraid, when you're sleeping with the lights on, God will stay watching over you. When it's dark and you're scared of your own. I, I was Re- redeeming it, redeeming it for the Lord. Redeeming it for Jesus, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so um, those sort of things. But to be honest, I write songs... Um, each song could be written differently. Sometimes I'll start with a melody and and find words to go with that. Sometimes I'll, I'll think of a line like, I was going to say, think of a line like sleeping with the lights on or steal a line uh, like yeah. that. Um, it, something something will pop into your head and you work with it and, and sometimes that pulls off and sometimes you would just end up with some meandering song that never goes anywhere and you, you put that to one side. But yeah. How about you, Nigel? Do you do you have a distinction between children and all age? How do you do you approach them? Not really. Mm. I just try and write good songs to start with. I, I wait. I probably wait until I've got an idea for a song, and then I think about where, what the, what the best uh-huh. genre is. I, I I haven't very. I haven't specifically set out to write many all age songs. Yeah. Um. I think I probably found it easier to write kids songs. And then when they came out, I would sort of think, okay, well, that one might work in an all-age context. That one definitely won't, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Mm. Um, I mean, I've done a lot of all-age worship, and I've used a lot of other people's songs in all-age worship. Um, but I and I have written one or two where I thought there was a gap. So an an example is um, one I did with Damien. We recorded it. Uh, Everybody's welcome. Uh, that That's was a, a great song, song. That, I, that I set out to write for an all-age worship yeah. context. Just because I felt like we needed some full-on funky song that said that. I, I tend yeah. to write into a gap. I tend to sit and think, oh, okay, we haven't got a song. You know, I was a worship leader. I was looking for songs for all different t- contexts. And I just was going, well, there isn't one for this one. There isn't one for that one. Yeah. Or isn't a decent song. <laughs> Everybody's welcome. Anyone can So everybody's um, welcome as as a specific example. I think one of the things that, as you say, it's fun and it's funky. And I think that, to me, that is a good um, starting point for quite a lot of all all age stuff. Is that there's a it's not silly, it's not kind of um, we have to do very ridiculous actions to this song, or we have yeah. to say very silly words that kids would kind of perhaps find hilarious, but adults would kind of cringe yeah. at. Yeah. Um, but it is you've got that kind of funkiness to it and it's mm. kind of it's got a bit of a family party about it really mm. um and i think that's yeah. that's why that song works really well did damien use that song in your um in your all in thing didn't you yeah we did we did we think it's a great song too and we 
uh, I think it's got a groove that makes everybody want to to move along to it, and I think that's great in an all age context. So tell us a bit about the all in thing. What 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 is that? The all in thing is a. I was going to say it's a resource by big ministries, but really it's in essence it's a culture. It's uh-huh. about thinking instead of thinking about ages when it comes to all age. Um, thinking about inclusivity and thinking about what each uh, person needs from um, from a time where everybody's in together in church. Um, so we, we look at uh, the fact that you've got people who love to move and we have people who, who love to sit and think and people who love to write and draw and create and sing and all those things coming together. And some of those people will be... Um, will be children some of them will be more advanced in years but they're all in that that space together and it's what yeah it's about what they need rather than um how old they are because each child is different mm-hmm. each 90 year old is different and, and has different um needs in, in a in a worship context um and so as part of that we put together an album of songs, some songs that we'd written, some songs that uh, no one knows who wrote, some songs that <laughs> um, are being used in kind of adult contexts. And we put together a CD that uh, a fairly decent church band could could play, play those arrangements. And that was the yeah. idea that actually these are things that you could be doing in in all age contexts. Yeah. Um, so unlike, I guess, your other studio albums where you've got maybe loads of production, um, you know. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure I could of, play some of them again. You yeah. Know, that can... <laughs> loops and, you know, huge layered harmonies, which sound amazing. Yeah. The the All In album is is much more kind of reproducible, isn't it? Yeah. And that, that's the that's the aim of it entirely. To every believer, the promise of God. And what do you then do? Because I noticed there's there's um, there is a whole range of songs on there, but there's there's hymns on there which some people would say, well, that's not very all age. So how do you guys um, kind of incorporate children and those different kind of learning styles into? For example, using a hymn, which might sound like it's very one one style. Yeah, that's a great question. We we tend to to think about other um, activities that people can use to worship in that in that time. So uh, we sometimes we do our Lord, my God, you know that sort of thing, and we may uh-huh. put together um, some pictures that people can color in. Um, of the different verses, looking at you know the, the the world that God's made and and thinking of of Jesus and all those sort of things that they can play a part in. There are uh, ways of moving to to hymns, um, facilitating that, or um, sometimes it may be writing or drawing prayers of thanks in in a hymn that is has that kind of um, theme. And it's just about what what else can people be doing to worship at that point in time. Um, okay and that's not so you just... don't all have to be necessarily doing the same thing at the same time exactly um lot... joe squires often talks about um 
it being like a, a Christmas dinner uh, or a Christ, Christmas day um, for a for more traditional family, you know, you've got um, lots of different activities all happening at the same time. Some of those activities everyone's together for, and some of them, you know, everyone's in their own different places. Someone's watching a movie, someone is unpacking their new gadget, someone is having a snooze, you know, lots of different yeah. things are going on all at the same time in the same space, and they're all part of the same thing. Um, but not everyone has to be doing the same thing all the time to be together cool so where can people find out about the all in thing i should know that uh check out big ministries website big that big ministries uk sounds good yeah i'm sure people will do that definitely um, do that whilst they're online they might go on facebook and someone has facebooked me i put out that i was interviewing you guys and said what would you ask and somebody has said i'm not sure if this is a facetious question or not <laughs> But they've said, what do you write first, the lyrics, the music, or the actions? Uh, <laughs> and I think, I think that's, um, that's, a, that's a good question. Um, and that's a good question. So I don't know whether this is going to open a can of worms uh, because some people have very strong feelings about actions. Um, Nigel, I'll come to you first. Hello. What are your feelings about actions? And, you know, is it... it, it um, yeah, tell me what you think about actions and children's songs. I've spent most of my life trying to avoid them by playing the keyboard or the guitar. Yeah, but, yeah me too. Um, but the truth is that um, I, uh, what I used to say when I would lead all age worship and kids worship uh, is, I, I, for me, I think they're a necessity. And most kids are keen. I make it clear that, you know, if you really don't want to, if you don't want to do the actions, that's fine. I'm not here to force you. Uh -huh. um, but I think that most chill... Actually, I think that most people could um benefit from you know worshiping without not the thing is if you're just singing worship's a very cerebral thing yeah and and biblical worship goes a lot further than just singing mm -hmm. you know and there's a there's a lot of prostrating and lying on the floor and clapping and jumping so to me uh there's a really strong biblical argument for worshiping with your whole bodies yeah um and what I used to say to people was, look, we're here to do the actions because for a lot of us, it'll help us really enter in. Um, so in an all-age context, I would say, so if they're really not your thing, I'm not here to force you. Um, but I would really encourage you to enter in yeah. um, because it will encourage some of the younger ones. And because I could probably argue it from the Bible if you wanted me to, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, um, with children, I think that they just, I mean, it's, it's, it's a cliche to say that every single child wants to do the actions. That's not true. But um, most of us and most children are kinesthetic yeah. learners and they like to do things. And so yeah. I often found that they would learn the actions quicker than they would learn the words. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and so it, and, and having somebody to follow up front is just really helpful if yeah. you're a young person, or if you're anybody. I mean, if you're singing, you want a musical lead. If you're, you know, if you're worshipping you need someone to show you come on we're doing this we're doing it this we're doing it this way so yeah. i've got no problem with actions i could probably i mean i have some sympathy with some people <laughs> who, who, are, who say well it's not for me but um generally i i would positively encourage it but i wouldn't write the actions first <laughs> i'd write the song first the, the, the actions are just a hook to help you key into the words of the song and to learn it quickly and to enter into it i think okay great how about you damien what do you guys do with actions what do we do with actions we do a lot of stuff with actions um i think nigel's answered very eloquently there i think um 
yeah, movement is definitely part of biblical worship, and um, and it's certainly something that a child can do long before they can um, they can pick up the words of a song. Um, yeah, I think uh, you know I, I have a one year old who who can tap his hand in time with music and and does little bouncy things in time with music, and, <laughs> and he's one years old and hasn't said a word yet. Um, and so I think it's it's a really useful um, tool for for worship. I think I want to go more than what Nigel said about it being being a hook. I think it's 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 part of our worship, and it's it's not it's not just about kind of getting into the song, getting into the words of the song, but it's actually a, a, the expression of worship. And and a, mm. a much um, we've lost it. I think we've lost because your because your song, Damien, words are not enough. That I mean, it's one of the songs of you guys that I use most. We use it a lot. Um, it's a great song. It, it essentially unpacks why we're doing that stuff. Words are not enough to tell you, God, how I really feel about you. Words could not describe the joy we have inside. So please understand what we mean when we... Just tell us a little bit about that. Sure. That was actually the first song I I wrote um, for kids that I would like to, to say about anyway. Um, <laughs> and uh, it, I was just thinking about how about actions and literally about putting them into to the context of why we are doing them. We um, I was working in West Wales with with the children's ministry there, and they love jumping around and uh, and clapping and shouting and all that sort of stuff. And I think it was about putting that into into context. Of, of worship so it's sometimes where words fail us then all we can do is is use gestures and and movement to to express something that's missing and i think there's something unique about singing and music in terms of our spirituality but i think there's also something unique about movement and dance as well and i think it's is throughout uh, the bible there there is dancing and, and movement um as an expression of worship to God. And, yeah. and I think I, I appreciate that actions are definitely not everyone's cup of tea. And, and certainly some actions are a lot better than others. Um, yeah. But, but I the, think I just, I think I'd say that I just, I, I'm with you hundred percent, Damien. I agree, but I think that they've got to be decent. You, you know, they've got to be thought through and well, well done. Yeah. Just like if it's part of the song then it's got to be um, expressed in uh, with as much quality as the singing and the music it, yeah. You know, yeah i agree thought through and, and expressed um so it can't just be a little afterthought yeah um yeah. R- rubbishly done yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. i think so Nigel that... and i come from the same place i think in terms of, of we do. believing that the children deserve the best that we can possibly give them and yeah, and sure that's is. that's expressed in in the way ways in which we try to write music the the, the production values that we we like to hold to I think it's it's all in there, and and children definitely deserve everything that we can give them, not not the scraps, you know, the crumbs yeah. from the table. Yeah, yeah, and there's so there's so much in there about how how one would lead actions and all that sort of stuff, which is probably way beyond the scope of this podcast. But um, but all those things are, are important. It's not just the move, but it's how you communicate that. If you looking embarrassed about doing the actions then yeah, yeah. and everyone's going to feel embarrassed it's all going to be a horrible awkward mess and yeah um, I, th- 
I would I would say I mean I I just encourage people if they are writing songs it doesn't have to be that way but um, that it might be one of the things they consider is you know how would people move to this song or you know you wrote um, words are not enough but also you've got the um, so much fun yeah which has oh. got like a whole list of I will stomp I will clap I will smile I will stomp I will dance I will smile and wave my hands because it's so much fun being loved by God. I will jump, I will share a bottom bump Cause it's so much fun being loved by God Every action is a special Sort of baked into the words are yeah. an action, basically. You, yeah. you, you kind of know what the action's going to be from what you're singing. Um, so th- I just think for people writing, they might want to they might want to consider that. Yeah, and that was that was my remit for that song, Joe. We went away for, for a week to write songs and uh, Joe said, we just want a song that is, is an action song, just lots of actions. So I sat in a, in a kind of room and just wrote down every action that I could possibly think of and then <laughs> played it over <laughs> kind of country vibe and it all kind of came together. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's, you know, do that. <laughs> Have yeah, a go at yeah. that, write as many uh, movements as you think of and, uh, and assemble it into a catchy song sign language is an amazing tool uh-huh. yeah. uh, in terms of actions and movement in, in worship particularly in an all age context and so if you if you have a, a friend who knows BSL or Makaton or Sign Along or something like that then it's great to, to try and look at that because I think in terms of certainly when all ages are in together it's uh, it's uh, it's a levelling of the field and I think um those who are who are more advanced in years get it more than they would get actions because it's an actual language, and uh, and so that's that's a great tool as well. But I just wanted to throw that in there. I have a question for Nigel because before we um, begin towards wrapping this up, um, we can't stop the podcast without asking you about Great Big God, Nigel. Okay, um, <laughs> Great Big God is a phenomenon, really. I don't know any church any <laughs> i mean a lot of schools sing it kids yeah. still love it you know and yeah. it's also i know you probably wrote it as a children's song but it does cross over adults have no, yeah, no problem singing great be god so could you just let us know how we want to know the secret of how to write the next great big god <laughs> really? how did you write it and um yeah okay. if you could just give us that that magic we'd love that uh, okay uh well i don't know if i can give you the magic um it is a phenomenon. Do you know, um, about three years before I wrote that, um, somebody I know had a prophetic word for me and he said, I, I feel like you're going to write one or two songs that will go around the world. Wow. And I, and I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, great, great God, uh, honestly, it, of all my songs, it was, the, it was one of the simplest to write, although one of the hardest to finish. Uh-huh. Um, I, I pretty much wrote it just came to me one day honestly it just came to me and it doesn't always happen like that um, but as soon as it had come to me I, I know exactly where I was in fact I was very near to where Damien is right now because I was working at a school in Bourneville in Birmingham and I was walking uh-huh. home from St Francis School and I was uh, walking home up to my house in Selly and on the way home I, I just had this idea for a melody in my head oh God he's a great big God and just because I knew the genre I knew there's nothing like that. That's a fresh idea. Right, don't yeah. forget it. 
don't forget that yeah. idea. I just literally, I sang it to myself all the way home, <laughs> so, which is a half an hour walk. Um, and I, so I sat down at home and wrote the song and it all came out. Um, I, I kind of, the, the, the first, basically I had the song, uh, one version of the words, uh, I got to, um, I had this rule with my wife, Jo, she used yeah. to come home and I said, well, you know, like, I've, I've written a song. And the rule was she had to have a t- we had to have a five minute celebration. I was like, you're yeah. not allowed to criticize it <laughs> for at least five minutes. Just celebrate with me the fact that I've actually just written something that I'm excited about. I so need that rule. So I play it to her, and and basically the first version of the song it, it, it went: Our God is a great big God. Our God is a great big God. Our God is a great big God. He's bigger than all of us. Okay, uh, uh, and and that actual that last line of the chorus was the one that it took me six months to finish, and then it went. Um, He's higher than the mountains, he's deeper than the seas, he's wider than the planets and beyond my wildest dreams. He made every living creature, every woman, every man, how wonderful to be a part of God's amazing planet. Just all kind of tumbled out. Uh-huh. So I go, we go, we, I play it to her, you know, she's like, yeah, darling, that's fantastic. Woo, woo, woo. Okay, okay so what do you really think? <laughs> she says, yeah, it's all really good, but, you know, higher than the mountains, deeper than the seas, it's all been done before, you need to come up with a different metaphor, <laughs> right? And, and, and in my head, you see, I've been thinking of that old song, my God is so big, so yeah. strong and so mighty. Yeah. You know, the mountains are his, the rivers are his. And I was thinking, I'm rewriting that song. You, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm modernizing that concept. Yeah. So mountains and, and valleys were no problem to me uh, and seas. And she said, no, 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 no. You need to try something much more. How about like skyscraper and submarine? And I was yeah. like, honestly, I just can't see it. I don't think it'll ever work. And she was like, no, I think you should try it. And I was like, no, I don't really want to. And she said, no, I, re- I really think you should. And I said, okay, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll take both versions and I'll play them to all my mates and my people that I respect. I, of course, I played them all, both versions. And guess what? Everyone said to me, you should do the skyscrapers and the submarines. That's a much better line. <laughs> so I took the verse a bit. And, 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 and basically it was done, apart from this one last line at the end of the, at the, end of the course. And so at that point, I tried it out with the kids. I knew it was going down well. I took it to um, a songwriting um, weekend that I was on, and we all got to sit in threes and play songs to each other and critique them, and I played it to some people. And they were all like, yeah, 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 it's all fine. There's just one line that's a problem. Our God is a great big God. He's bigger than all of us. That doesn't... In fact, I'd already changed that. I think I changed it... What did I change it to? Our God is a great big God, and he still loves all of us. And they were like, you right. know, theologically, it's not great. Yeah. So, so yeah. basically, it, it took me about six months to come up with a decent last line. The next one I came up with was, "Our God is a great big God. He's got the whole world in his hands." Uh huh. Yeah. Um, which is kind of what I wanted to say, but obviously it's been said before. And so eventually, after just a lot of trying, you know, just sitting there going over and over and over and trying to think of something, what the 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 final one came out, which is, "What is it?" And he holds us in his hands. So I don't <laughs> what know. What is it? it he says. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I try and avoid playing it if I can. Although I can I'm doing imagine. something all agey this weekend, so I am going to have to play it. But um, yeah. uh, the so that's how the song came out. And uh, I don't know it, when we. It, it just so happened that I wrote that just as we went into recording our first children's worship album, which was early 2001. And so we had like 16, 17 songs on the list. Great Big God was just one of those songs, but it. As we recorded it, it became clear that it was a strong song and it was one of the strongest. And then, uh, you know, other people were saying, well, this is this is a good album title. It, 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 you know, you should let the song, you know, become the album title. Uh, so I just said, yes, OK, fine, whatever. And off it went out there. And next thing I knew, someone's calling me up from Spring Harvest saying, oh, they're going to sing your song. And 
you know, next year and blah, blah, blah. And the next thing I know, my mum and dad are saying, oh, some people came back from Spring Harvest and started singing this song in our church, <laughs> you know. And I'm like, oh, okay. And, and it, I don't know, it just, it just happened from there. From, from my perspective, um, I agree with you. It's a really good all-age song because, and the reason for that is it just doesn't, doesn't have any wacky lyrics in it. It's just got some basic, uh, I mean, for me, what works really well for all ages, um, straightforward language and, yeah. it, you know, um, nothing too fancy. And I remember being at something, I think it was that week that you and I were at, Sam, that you we were talking about earlier. And I remember all the grown-ups going crazy for that song. And, I, <laughs> I, I, and they're all doing the actions as well, which is really interesting to me because I was yeah. like, this just feels wrong. Now, now Damien's going to tell me that theologically it's not wrong to do the actions, but it just, from my experience, it felt wrong to, for there to be no children present and everyone's still just jumping around doing all these actions and going crazy for it. And I was going, oh, I don't know, I just feel a bit uncomfortable now. You know? um, but I anyway, wish they, they, I'd never they, were, it. they were totally up for it. And um, yeah, I, I, love I don't that. know. It just, it, just, it just kind of took off from there. And like you said, then it became... Then it became a brand. That's the really weird thing. Because uh-huh. for, for us with Vineyard Records, we, I mean, a bit like what Damien does, I love about big ministries that it's not centered around one person. It's, yeah. it's a collective of people. And Great Big God has become a collective, a, a title for the collective of people and values that, yeah. that, we, that we were all about. So when people would come and say, oh, we love this, we love that. Can you, when are you going to do another Great Big God album? For me, what Great Big God has, has come to stand for is a certain set of values around children around ministry with children, um, the Holy Spirit and worship and all of that stuff that we, you know, talked about earlier. Um, but yeah, it just, uh, it just came, it started life as a very straightforward song, but I I knew there was something about it as soon as I'd written it. I knew it was different and unique and I didn't really, but why, why it's taken off so much. I, at this point, I couldn't tell you anymore. (laughs) I just love that story though. I love, I love the way it came fast, but then you worked on it. And yeah. I think that's what we're often trying to encourage people is, you know, don't force it at the beginning. Allow allow something to come spontaneously and to kind of yeah. grab you and take you from left field. But then mm. do work on it. And imagine mm. if you'd, well, you wouldn't, I guess you wouldn't know, but um, in some sliding doors universe, you know, there's the version that you originally wrote that you just put out straight and nothing really yeah. happened with it. And then yeah. in this universe, you know, you, mm. you put the effort in and just mm. something as, as simple as, you know, mm. he's got the whole world in his hands changed to, yeah, he holds us in his hands. This, you know, mm. really simple lyrical changes mm. can actually, in, in some ways, make or break a song. I think that I learned that from Brian Dirksen. That uh-huh. was one of the things that he totally instilled in us was just keep pushing. Yeah. Just keep pushing to squeeze everything out of the song and don't settle for, you know, like a second best. And And it wasn't the first song I'd written. I'd written a whole... I'd written about half a dozen kids' songs before that, um, but I knew there was something about it. I knew it was the best one I'd written when, yeah. I, when I'd written it. That's great. So. Hey, I'm going to ask you the same question um, as we finish. And this is coming from the perspective that you guys are songwriters, and I know um, you're on the trustees as well, aren't you, um, Nigel, for Vineyard Records? And so yeah, yeah, I am. You've got that side of you, but I know that you're also both really involved in local church. So, Nigel, you're a pastor yeah. uh, in Winchester, Damien, yeah. you work for a church and you also work for your diocese um, helping people develop. Say what it is exactly, Damien. So I, I uh, work for an initiative in the Church of England, Birmingham, called Growing Younger. And it's a whole team of people helping churches 
to think strategically about how they can grow younger by reaching out to children and families and helping them to change their culture to do that most effectively. Cool. So with with those perspectives, as people who have written songs, but also really involved in local church, involved in working with children, families, um, just what what would you encourage people who were sitting down thinking, I might write a song, I might, I've written some songs or I'm trying, what would you say just to encourage them? Where Where do we need to push... Um, where do we need to go? How do we need to get inspired? What do we need to make priorities? And I'm going to ask Damien first. Uh, I think uh, what Nigel was saying earlier about the gaps, I think that's really important. Where, where are the holes in our repertoire? Where, where is it thin um, in our repertoire? And, and writing into those, writing into the context in your local church, because you're probably not the only church that's going through those contexts. Yeah. I think... Um, I would say that um, road testing songs in your local church is a is an absolute necessity. Yeah. For a songwriter, um, I mean, I just I, I can't think how I would have done it without that. Or I say your local church with whoever you're leading worship with. Yeah. For, for me, and mm. anything that's good that's creative um, has to come out of a, a, a local context. For me, it lacks any. It lacks authenticity in, in any other way. So, um, you know, if you're a worship leader and songwriter, you need to be regularly leading worship somewhere, whether it's kid, kids, con- kids congregation or adults congregation or whatever. Yeah. And if you're writing songs, you know, you need to be road testing them because there's a certain amount of editing you can do. There's a certain amount of peer critiquing, um, but at the end of the day, you know, until you play it to some people and they actually enter into the song from the inside you know actually just sing the thing uh you you can't really tell if it's working or not um so for me that's that's an absolute necessity and part of being a local church community is that that if god is doing stuff in your local church community then you know god's a a creative god so there there should be expressions of stuff coming out there should be new songs written and the other thing i'd say to add to that is um if all of that is going on um, that's brilliant. Don't then necessarily assume that your songs are for a wider context. They yeah. may well be, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but even if they're not, you know, we're not in this to make money, and we're not in this to make a name for ourselves. Uh, we're in this so that the worshiping community can can mm-hmm. be authentic uh, and real. And if God chooses to bring any level of uh, visibility or influence, that's a wonderful thing. Um, it's also potentially a dangerous thing, or you know, so it's just, or where, maybe that's maybe that's too strong, but something to be aware yeah. wary of, yeah. and um, you know, so just to bear that in mind and be really rooted on the ground, have good relationships in your local church, have pastoral people who are um, who are who are in with you, who you're in with, and who are keeping you grounded, um, but but basically go for it, yeah, just go yeah. for it. I mean, I had a guy, I, I'm a, I, I lead a church here in Winchester, and I hardly have any time to do any music, but. Uh, one of the worship leaders in our church sent us through a song the other day and just said, can you just give me some thoughts on this? So, so I said, okay, I don't like doing this by email, but here we go. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. um, and uh, they were like, oh, thanks very much. That's that's really helpful. But I just And I just tried to encourage them and say, look, um, there's a couple of things I've changed here, but I think you've got something. Um, but you, I love that you're writing. I just love that you're trying to, trying to reflect what God is doing amongst yeah. in this area and amongst our communities. So. 
I should say that that Nigel actually uh, gave us a hand with with some of the songs that we wrote for our first album as well. Well, before uh-huh. our first album, um, we didn't write them specifically for that, but giving us the, his thoughts and input, and uh, it was all totally invaluable. And I think that is is massively crucial. That whole kind of people people forming the songs, uh, getting loads of people, the community shaping it. I think is is really important, and having the humility to to hear those comments and. Uh, and sometimes that means changing the song that you've grown to love and the lines that you really love sometimes they're the ones that have to go and uh, and sometimes the song's just not ever going to work and you have to kind of be yeah. humble about that and yeah. and jettison it really yeah. but there's a great story that Catherine Scott tells she's the lady who wrote the song Hungry yeah and uh, she she was part of that that original team uh, that used to work with Brian Dirksen in the early days of the vineyard and um, she tells this story about how uh, she she'd written this song, the song that and then became eventually became hungry, and every time she would take it to Brian, he would get her to change a different part of it, um, and every time he'd take it to get you know, but she really held on to this one part uh-huh. that you know, what, and, and she said the day that she said I really like what he what what I'd written as a result of him making me change it, yeah, yeah. Um, and there was one day when I realised that I was going to have to lose that original part of the song. And basically, nothing would be from the original. It was all changed. <laughs> she said, that day I cried. Oh. But but then I ended up writing something different, and that's the song that became Hungry, which wow. is an incredible song. It really is, yeah. And so, you, you know, there's just a lesson in there. There's a lesson in humility and and um, in about death and life and <laughs> all of that yeah. stuff, you know, sacrifice. Yeah. Um, but uh, but it has to. you have to make yourself vulnerable, and it has to come out of a place of relationship, you know. Yeah. So... Oh, thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate your time. And uh, hope You're that welcome. you will uh, yeah, enjoy listening back to this. And uh, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Pleasure. Thanks for listening to our interview. Uh, the sound clips you heard were Great Big God by Joe and Nigel Hemming from the album Great Big God. Uh, the song Hungry by Catherine Scott from the album Hungry. You Need Not Fear by Damien Herbert uh, and Everybody's Welcome by uh, Nigel Hemming from the album Great Big God 4. To God With The Glory, uh, originally written by Fanny Crosby and featured on Big Ministry's album The All In Thing. And then the final two songs were Words Are Not Enough and So Much Fun, both by Damien Herbert and both available on the Big Ministry's album God's Love Is Unstoppable. We'd like to thank Vineyard Records and Song Solutions for giving us permission uh, to play those clips.